Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. A uh, lot of action on social media, as you might expect, about the Patrick Brown resignation. Uh, interesting uh, comment from our friend Terry Cook from the Hamilton Community Foundation, of course, former regional chair. Uh, Terry tweets uh, just a few minutes ago at CHML. Bill Kelly says, anybody doubting that misogyny is alive and well in Canada need only reread the news comment pages and social media as the Patrick Brown allegations landed. The victim blaming and the hateful vitriol directed at Kathleen Wynne was deeply disturbing and all you really needed to know. Uh, not just towards Wynne. Thanks, uh, Terry, for the tweet. Uh, but towards the victims. And I've seen that. We've, listen, I've just since we started doing the show today, received some some emails saying, well, you know, this is all a set up by the liberals and those girls coming forward. Why didn't they just go to the cops, etc.? It's victim blaming. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised because we've heard it with some of the other allegations about other well-known individuals that uh, have faced uh, these same sorts of allegations. Uh, there are political ramifications to this, uh, notwithstanding the seriousness of the allegations themselves against Patrick Brown, uh, because there is an election coming up on June the 7th. What's going to happen? Uh, what are the ramifications politically in the province of Ontario? Peter Graf is a professor of political science at McMaster University. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Peter, thanks so much for the time. Good to have you here today. My pleasure. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the political landscape. Uh, there is, uh, I guess, varying stories about where the polling was on this. I mean, some suggested that the, the Tories had a, a a comfortable lead. Others thought it was neck and neck. But uh, with the leader gone right now, what does that do to the political fortunes of the PC party here in Ontario? Uh, I guess it depends what they do going forward. I mean, I think in the immediate uh, question it will be that people will be asking is, you know, was this a Patrick Brown problem or a PC party problem? And, uh, you know, part of it will be if this was really an open secret, like some suggested is, you know, did people willfully uh, look away when they could have shown a bit more integrity? So I think one thing the, the Ontario public will be looking at at the moment is to get a sense of, you know, what seems to be the story. And, uh, you know, was it just Patrick Brown or was there a, a bigger question of a culture of willing being willing to accept it until someone came forward? So that will be one thing. And I don't know what the answer will be in terms of that factually and how people will read it. I mean, beyond that, though, they, the Conservative Party does have to find a new leader. Um, it does have to prepare for the election. And so I guess whether it's uh, going to help or hurt them depends a bit on whether people think Patrick Brown was a net positive or negative for the party. In terms of the polling, uh, you know, up to yesterday, he was in many ways a fairly neutral uh, candidate. Uh, a lot of people didn't know him. About as many people approved of the job he was doing as disapproved of the job he was doing. So in some ways, the Conservatives might consider that a, a different candidate might be more successful or saleable for them. Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But, uh, I mean, I think that would be a question they'd be asking themselves. I mean, they certainly have selected their candidates in most cases for the upcoming election. Um, they have a very strong war chest in terms of money to spend in introducing whoever they choose as their next leader to the Ontario public. Um, so in some ways for the Conservative Party, it's not clear what the, the real ramifications are going to be at this point. You know, it's interesting that you bring up a very salient point that I haven't heard a whole lot of reaction to, but I think it is very germane to this conversation. Uh, I just talked with Alan Carter, of course, who covers Queen's Park for Global, and Richard Brennan, who did it for years and years for the Star. And and neither one of them were surprised by this, uh, that, that these allegations came forward. And it's almost as if some of the reaction from the quote-unquote insiders is it was a matter of when this was going to happen, not if it was going to happen. And that brings up a very interesting point. Will the public look at it that way, too? Are they going to ask that question uh, the same as they asked in Hollywood circles? Who knew and what did you do about it? And and that we haven't got to that point in this conversation, but I guess it's coming, isn't it? 
Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it remains to be seen. There are some reports, I think, in the National Post last night that a number of news organizations were running down, uh, maybe not this story, but other allegations. Uh, I mean, if more of that comes forward, and it seems to be much broader and more systematic, you know, questions, I think, will be asked. I mean, uh, Rick Dykstra, the president of the Conservative Party of Ontario, there were somewhat different allegations uh, put forward about him just ahead of the last federal election. And again, that might come into people's thinking about you know, really, what is the culture of that party? But again, I mean, it remains to be seen. I think the the sort of facts aren't clear. And, uh, you know, knowing and having a bit more of a sense of, you know, what was known and what did people choose to be willfully blind to uh, will be part of the story of whether that becomes uh, part of our public conversation or whether really, you know, it wasn't known, and in which case we may pass on to other, other uh, aspects of, you know, the situation. From a political standpoint, uh, quite aside from the allegations and how th- those are going to be dealt with, uh, Brown has stepped down, I, and, and again, it took him a while to do that. When the, the mass resignations occurred yesterday from st- senior staff members, uh, Brown said at that time he was going to stay on. One thirty this morning, he announced that he was going to quit. But he says he's going to stay on as the MPP, Peter. Is, is that actually going to happen? I mean, can this guy actually go back into the legislature with these, these, these clouds all over his head, and, and whether it's going to be resolved or not? Well, I mean, I think that's going to be a, a discussion inside the Conservative caucus. I mean, the the move from him saying he was going to come to work today as leader and then four hours later resigning, I mean, came in between. There was a meeting uh, with his caucus, a phone uh, meeting, where they said, uh, you'd better resign or we're going to be publicly asking for your resignation the next day as leader. Uh, I mean, I think the next step for that caucus to decide is, uh, you know, whether... Uh, they're fine to have him uh, sitting in their caucus or when, in fact, they're going to kick him out of their caucus. I suspect what they'll do is suspend or remove him, uh, you know, pending the settlement of the uh, allegations or, in, or or for their information, uh, because otherwise they are put in a bit of a diff- difficult situation of why are they harboring uh, this individual, uh, you know, given the seriousness of the allegations. And I suspect, at the very least from a political optics perspective, they'll want to put as much space between themselves and Patrick Brown. Who's going to run this party at the end of the day? I mean, we're told now that the caucus is going to have a meeting tomorrow morning, uh, in which case they'll choose, I guess, an interim leader, and we can speculate about that. Alan Carter suggested it probably is going to be Jim Wilson, who did this before. He was interim leader, uh, I think, after John Tory left the party, uh, and probably has no ambitions to be the leader of the party on a full-time basis anyway. But over and above that, they're going to have to pick somebody to, to be the standard bearer heading into the election. Do you see any front runners? Uh, no, I mean, I suspect uh, there will be a lot of discussions uh, in the next four or five days, and the, the aspect of uh, urgency around it, I think, will lead uh, people to make a decision relatively quickly, or at least to identify, you know, two or three front runners if they're going to have some kind of form of truncated uh, leadership uh, selection election. Um, I mean, you know, we can think... I mean, some people have been uh, bandying around a name like Caroline Mulrooney, but I mean, I think we might also think of Christine Elliott, who ran against uh, Patrick Brown as the establishment candidate in the last uh, conservative uh, leadership race as another possibility. Uh, But then there's also uh, somewhat high-profile federal, uh, you know, former cabinet ministers like Lisa Rayet or Tony Clement. So uh, I suspect there will be a lot of discussion in the next few days about who's available and who might be able, uh, you know, to sell uh, the Conservative Party in the next election. I mean, the other thing, of course, is that at six months from the election, the Conservative Party has sketched out a platform and a vision of what they want to do, one that's been controversial internally. And so part of the question is whether uh, the people who come forward are going to say, no, that's actually what we're going to carry into the election and we can do it, you know, honestly with the Ontario people that will really deliver that, or whether it becomes a moment where they have to rethink what they're going to offer to Ontarians in, in June. So I think that will be, you know, one of the important things is, does this open up? 
the internal politics of the Conservative Party and, and what they stand for in 2018? Uh, or are they going to say, no, we've, we've made those tough decisions and now it's just we have to find someone who can honestly and credibly deliver that set of policies? From a political standpoint, Peter, is is this time for the PCs to hit the reset button? I mean, obviously there's going to be a new leader, but but over and above that, that idea about the philosophical direction the party is taking, which has been controversial within the party, let alone outside the party, is this a chance for them to, to have a second look at that? Well, I mean, I would think that a lot of people who might uh, run for leader would ha- would be unable to credibly uh, push forward the program that Patrick Brown put forward. I mean, if we name any of the sort of former federal uh, cabinet ministers who swore, you know, on their, you know, on their, de- you know, that they they would never on their mother's grave that they'd never support a carbon tax, <laughs> they can't be supporting this uh, this program, right? So, uh, you know, if there's a number of people who have more uh, socially conservative views than uh, the conservatives were putting forward in this platform. So, in some cases, they might in fact have to go back and revisit the platform. Because I don't think Ontarians could credibly, you know, uh, square what's in there with some of the things that they formerly held as, you know, very strong values. So uh, I think it is complicated in that way. I think another complication is that the the Conservative Party in Queens Park is fairly rural uh, in its uh, in its makeup. Right, its representation is largely from rural areas. It's kind of older and white, and a lot of the new members of the Conservative Party that uh, Patrick Brown signed up. We're in the suburbs and exurbs of Toronto, and a much more diverse uh, uh, group of citizens in terms of the the as compared to the what's sitting in the legislature. And so, there too, you know, is a new leader able uh, to bring those two and keep those two groups together for electoral purposes, or did some of the people that Patrick Brown bring into the party are they going to find themselves not so welcome if the Conservative Party goes back to perhaps the positions it was holding under Tim Hudak uh, or John Tory? Lots of speculation at this stage. Uh, always great to get your insight into this, Peter. Thanks so much for this today. You're welcome. Peter Grafe, uh, political science professor at Cross McMaster University. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.